everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now is the DC Fandom Recap for the last three panels that came on today. We're at the end mark for what has been an amazing day of reveals, exclusive looks, insight into movies that were made all across the DCEU. And we're ending it off talking about Aquaman, Shazam, and the Batman panel to wrap it all up. But to start it off with Shazam, or excuse me, not with Shazam, but with Aquaman. And Aquaman was, I think, when we talk when we talk about the panels that have come out in total and we rank them, I think Aquaman is going to be on the lowest on a lot of people's list. And I think it was already going to be on there coming in because you didn't have Momoa. The description was it was just going to be James Wan and, and Patrick Wilson kind of talking about the first one. And maybe we could have gotten something about the sequel, but we didn't really get that. And basically what the description was about this panel is exactly what we got. It was James Wan and Patrick Wilson who have worked and they sit in the panel five times together to Insidious, to Conjuring films and the Aquaman movie. And when they make Aquaman 2, that'll be six times that they work together. But they basically just kind of talked about behind the scenes of working on the first film, especially those underwater sequences and really kind of working on the, the visual effects. And when Patrick Wilson was riding on what seemed like whales and sharks and it talked about how being an actor and kind of visualizing what you're really riding on so you can kind of react in that kind of way. It kind of reminded me of the Disney gallery with the Mandalorian in which you hear Gina Carano, Pedro Pascal, and Carl Weathers talk about working in the volume and having some kind of a reference and seeing the visuals of, of what they can work with and what they can react to. And that is something that that Patrick Wilson was always trying to get out of James Wan when working on the first Aquaman film. And then they they also talked about the, the, the some BTS and some videos that they had in store and and how James Wan really wanted Patrick Wilson from the start when he first came onto the project. And then in terms of sequel news, again, they didn't. Th- this film is is very very far away. It's not coming out till 2022. Could potentially be moved even farther. They didn't really have in mind of anything of what was going on. There was no new news. Nothing that was really coming out of the woodwork. But the thing that James Wan did say was that the second one will be more serious and will be more relevant in the world that we're living in today. What that means and and how it can work with the aquatic world and the human world, I I don't really know per se. There's probably speculation that can run rampant on that. They were also talking about world building, which I'm really excited about it because the ocean is vast and you can expand on all these different worlds just within the, the sea level itself. So I'm really excited about that and how James Wan can really evolve the the technology of this aquatic sense in a way that that I think could be really, really cool. So Aquaman, what was cool, and and even the way it ended, it just kind of ended mid-conversation. There was really no end point to it. So I think it was just kind of two guys getting together, hanging out on Zoom, and just chilling and talking about and reminiscing about a really cool experience that they had together. And so some some cool little flashbacks was, was definitely, I think, going to be the lowest 
point of the panels. Not to say that that's a bad thing, but I think it goes to show what kind of panels we had throughout the rest of the day that kind of led to the ones that we're going to talk about for the last few ones of really just giving information and talking about the fans and getting fan questions. This was really just kind of like a Zoom hangout, which it was fine, but again, not really in terms of also what we got throughout the day with the Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 84, and Justice League. It, this didn't really feel in that sense. So it was it was, it was was cool to get some fun information, but nothing really exciting. And I think one that you would be able to skip over, especially if you're looking to watch DC Fandom now that it's in its encore stage until one o'clock tomorrow in the afternoon here on the East, East Coast. It's one that you, de- you can definitely skip over if you're looking to watch these panels again. And then the second one, second to last one that came out was the Shazam one. And this one was... I think a little bit kind of up and down in terms of it definitely had some stuff to give away, but it was kind of playing coy a little bit. And at first it was funny, but it kind of got old and a little bit kind of a, the shtick got a little bit old as, as it was going on. And it wasn't, it wasn't really giving a lot of information, kind of like Aquaman where I'm sure that they don't, they have in mind kind of where the story's going, but probably nothing down concrete yet. Like a lot of these other panels throughout the rest of the day really did. And it was Zachary Levi kind of saying, well, I can tell you guys some stuff about the the sequel, but I can't really tell you a whole lot of stuff. So it was just kind of the cast getting together and just kind of joking on one another. And then we got a, a poster that came out of the movie. And it seems like Simbad, the actor, is coming and will be in the sequel. And, and I think... As I think Sinbad's a good actor. He, he He's somebody that I remember seeing a lot when I was a young, younger kid. But the way that they were kind of setting it up, I felt like it was a little bit of a letdown because of the ending of Shazam, when you see that, the cameo of Superman at the very end, and when you see what could potentially happen where people have been wondering, is Henry Cavill going to show up in Aquaman? Is he going to show up in Shazam? Is he going to show up in Black Adam? People were wondering today, is Superman going to be a part of this panel? Is there going to be an announcement other than being in the Snyder Cut of Justice League? Is he going to be a part of something brand new that is coming down the pipeline? And so I was I was thinking to myself, it's going to be Superman. It's going to be Superman. Henry Cavill is going to be in this. And again, Sinbad, you know, you get somebody new to be involved with that. But I think I was waiting for that big kind of oh, this is something that we can give away. So that was a little bit kind of of a letdown a little bit, but still, Sinbad being a part of the cast is cool in my mind, and I think he adds to that element of comedy, lightheartedness that the first Shazam really had in store and what really made it special. And then the other thing that really came about this, which I think will get people talking, is the title of Shazam. And it's not going to be Shazam 2 with two exclamation marks. As of right now, it could be that way, but it is going to have a subtitle in there, and it's called Shazam Fear of the gods. And so I think a lot of people are going to speculate. What does that mean? What is that going to get into? And it, who's going to be the villain? Is it going to be the, the the creature that we saw in the mid credit scene at the end of the first one? So I think there's a lot of speculation that can be had with this. But again, I think this was kind of in between the Snyder Cut and Justice or Snyder Cut and Black Adam, excuse me. And then going into Batman, it was kind of a little bit of a of a lull period, a little bit of of not of some cool stuff, but nothing rampant exciting like we got it during the the rest of the day. But then it ended 
on the highest of highs that you can end for DC fandom. And even though, again, I'm criticizing Shazam and Aquaman, I do think the scheduling of all this was right. Again, like a roller coaster. You start out big with a with a film that you know is coming out soon. It's your most recent release that's coming is Wonder Woman 1984. Then you start out with The Flash and then Suicide Squad and things that are coming out in the next year or two, really two to three years. And then you have a little bit of a, okay, like stuff that is currently in the works, but nothing is down on paper yet, but we have some ideas percolating. But then you end it on kind of the, the knockout punch that you know is going to, people have been waiting for. It's the main event. It's it's prime time. This is what people have been really looking forward to. And when I said before that Snyder Cut was some of people's most anticipated panel to really witness and watch, the Batman was at the number one. A lot of people had Snyder Cut at number two, some at number one, but the main, main event that people were looking forward to, and DC knew it, was the Batman. The Batman is their creme de la creme at this point in time. It's their most popular character. They know it. It's viably accessible. It's widely popular. They know this, and they made sure to end it with uh, with a film that people have been looking forward to. You have an incredible cast. Robert Pattinson is coming to play the Batman. What does he look like? You have an acclaimed director like Matt Reeves. What is his vision of Batman going to look like now that Ben Affleck is no longer the primary Batman at this given point in time? What is it all really going to come down to? And Matt Reeves, I think, had, in terms of giving people information and talking about this world, he gave the best panel performance out of everybody and I think DC really gave came in clutch and really rounded out with an incredible ending to their DC fandom and Matt Reeves really came to play with giving information so I'm just going to ramble off at a, bu- a bunch of things that he included in this panel so it all began with if you knew the the camera test footage that came in in which it revealed the first official look in as robert pattinson as batman in terms of the the camera suit test footage it had that kind of michael g kino score that was playing in the background and so fandom the panel played at the very beginning of it and then you had robert pattinson kind of introduce matt reeves and the panel see he's he's always i think been a mild mannered kind of guy no nobody that that kind of is you know like hey guys like this is it he, he just seems like especially in that environment of being on zoom just kind of very mellow and chill which is fine and then matt then he introduced matt reeves and then again like i said matt reeves came to play and my god did he ever he just came in with a boatload of information and again i'm just gonna read off a bunch of the stuff that he said so basically what when he said about the batman he is Far from being perfect, he is somebody that is not somebody that is really kind of the well-known knowledge Batman that we know. We've heard it for many months and weeks that this is going to be taking place in year two of his career as Batman. And it was even confirmed today during the 101 multiverse panel before the Flash one that this universe, this is going to be a different universe with this year two Batman, which is Robert Pattinson's Batman. And it's it was very interesting to hear him talk about that. He's Matt Reeves said he's he's charting it and and he's looking out for the city of Gotham and he's looking to see how he can take down these criminals and that it's going to be really played on, on corruption of the city of the police force and how Batman is really trying to look to to get an in to try to change things. But in his second year so far, nothing has really worked as of as of the things have gone on and then these murders begin to happen and they really 
involve the Cape Crusader, and apparently the murders really kind of go and expand on the history of, of Gotham City, and that these this Batman story isn't going to be an origin story per sense of how he became Batman, but more of, of, of touching upon his origins of really kind of encapsulating him as the true Cape Crusader and the, the great detective that we know him to be, and... Then he went on to talk about the Riddler and Paul Dano, and he said that nobody has seen this kind of performance of the Riddler before, and that Paul Dano, who is an exceptional actor, if you've seen films like There Will Be Blood or a supporting role like he did in Prisoners, he's just lights out phenomenal. And it was such a surprise get when it was announced earlier this year that they got him to play the Riddler, and so it's no surprise to hear that he is bringing his A-game to that role. And then going into the rogues gallery, he talked about how if there is any kind of origin story of how a person became to be this icon or this image, it's the rogues gallery. And we've known for a long time that it isn't just going to be one villain. It's going to be multiple villains. And we've heard, again, the Riddler, Catwoman played by Zoe Kravitz, and Colin Farrell playing the Penguin, and John Turturro playing Carmine Falcone, who is the well-known mobster, kind of like the 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 Vito Corleone, the Michael Corleone of, in terms of, of the mob bosses in Gotham City. And it's really about how these characters become their known counterparts, like Paul Dano's character becoming the Riddler, Zoe Kravitz really fully becoming Selena Kyle becoming Catwoman or Oswald Cobblepot becoming the Penguin and he even says and this is something that is in the the, the comics it's in video games it's also in TV shows that Oswald Cobblepot in the beginning doesn't like to be called Penguin because of the way that his nature really is so I thought that was a really interesting kind of take for Matt Reeves and then he went on to talk about what has been reported on for a while and seemingly confirming here that there is going to be an HBO Max spinoff show involving the GCPD and the corruption but he went really even more so into talking about how specifically when that show is going to take place and it's going to be taking place in the first year of Batman's career and it really he seemingly confirmed that Batman is going to have a presence in that show and basically it's going to be following this corrupt cop who is who is morally just trying to navigate his way through but in the background there's this this shadowy being that nobody knows about and he's gaining this reputation and they went on to say that Batman is somebody who who is feared he is not looked at as a symbol of hope or somebody that people look up to he's somebody that is feared he is more of a vigilante status than he is as a as a hero status and that the the history of Gotham and its corruption is really a predominant part and I love how Matt Reeves really talked about the the city as if it was an actual person as if it was an actual entity in another character, a part of this universe. And he went on to say that we don't want this to just be kind of like what Burton did. And he praised the, the, the Nolan films, the Burton films, and even the Adam West Batman, but specifically with Nolan, uh, not well, Nolan too, about how he, he made certain aspects of Gotham feel like Chicago and Pittsburgh, or how Burton's Batman was more of kind of taking things out of a, a comic book origin, where Whereas what Reeves wants to do is he wants to make it authentic and real and feel like it's its own city. And apparently they're filming the rest of this in Liverpool. And to me, I could have listened to Matt Reeves talk about the Batman for an hour. And, and 
the the Batman was one of the longer panels, along with Suicide Squad. Those are the two that were 30 minutes long. Wonder Woman 1984, the, the Snyder Cut, those panels were only, well, it was only five minutes shorter at 25 minutes, which isn't bad, but still, when you look at the timing, those two, Suicide Squad and Batman, were the longest. And the Batman one, I felt like, it was 10, 15 minutes in, and all of a sudden I'm looking up. It's it's from 8:40. All of a sudden it's 8:55, and then it's like, oh, it's got to wrap up, and you got to get probably some footage in there. So just Matt Reeves just knows this character, knows this world, knows the comics, knows the history, both live action and in the comics, like the back of his hand. And the reason that I was really so excited about this movie, about this iteration of Batman, was because of Matt Reeves, because he knows how to world build and create these interesting. characters characters that are so different and, and and just so intriguing so for me to kind of hear this about how he talks about creating the bat suit creating the bat cave the batmobile and how it took a year or so to create the design of the cave and the suit and how even robert Pattinson was saying that christian bale gave him advice to make sure that they can find a way for you to to get out of the suit easier so you can go to the bathroom and, and and kind of be a little bit freer than he probably was when shooting with Nolan and those especially that bigger bulkier suit that he had on in Batman Begins so it's just Matt Reeves just really knows this was so well and I, I was just so impressed by it was just him with, with Aisha Taylor who closed out the entire DC fandom with that panel and he it was just really just him just answering questions giving insight into the characters and and what their performances are going to be and for him to write this script as well he just he knows it all and 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 I'm so excited to see his vision of what this is going to be and then the the trailer or before I even get to the trailer first off he and then he he referenced some movies movies that were a part of his thinking of creating this film and it made perfect sense and when, when I talk about the trailer and when you see the trailer it, you see the connection instantly he talked about how a lot of 70 street grounded stories were big inspirations he went specifically into talking about Chinatown French Connection Taxi Driver especially the way that the, the the city is a character in Taxi Driver and kind of how Chinatown and French Connection deals with corruption within city officials and in, in the police force, so he knows the kind of direction that he wants to go in. And when you hear Taxi Driver, you think of what happened with Joker last year of how Todd Phillips is really inspired by Taxi Driver, King Comedy, Scorsese-like movies, and it felt like that when watching Joker. And when seeing the trailer for The Batman, it felt like those grounded, gritty 70s thrillers that you saw in, in those days. And going into the footage, I mean, my God, I... I I was ecstatic seeing this footage and what was what's incredible is I remember hearing stories about in in Hall H when Guardians of the Galaxy came in for San Diego Comic-Con I think it was in 2013 they came in and they were they came in with a bunch of uh, of footage that they wanted to that, that they filmed and it was only a week they only filmed for a week and they they came in and they flew in to Hall H in San Diego from the 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 set from where they were filming 
and they they had what looked like incredible footage like they've been filming for months but they were only filming for a week and because of COVID-19 the Batman had to stop shooting in mid-March and it seems like according to reports from Variety that they're going to be picking that back up in September shooting back in UK in the, the, the studios that Warner Brothers has in London and Matt Reeves said Liverpool as well and he only said that at the very end before he showed the footage he said listen we've only shot 25 to 30% we have a lot more to go and so this is only the only stuff that we could really show you that we were able to cut up and deliver to you. And I mean, again, my God, what what a trailer to come out with with a punch and you've only shot 20 to 30 percent and the thing is too is that they've had time to really brush up on this and cut up a really good trailer and it just delivered especially the one thing that i really wanted to see was what would pattinson's batman look like full uniform none of this kind of in the dark in the shadows what does he look like and he looks good i mean listen i I still think I like Christian Bale and, and Ben Affleck. I wish Ben Affleck still had a chance to be the starring Batman, but from what I just saw with this, with a with a unrefined, ed, edgy Batman with Robert Pattinson, I I'm really happy in what I'm seeing so far, and I think he's living up to the hype and to the expectation at least of coming in and, and for a lot of people that might have doubted Robert Pattinson, I think he's proving proving them wrong, as doubters usually are wrong in these kinds of senses in which people are saying, well, he does, how can he act? He was in the Twilight movies, but people like me and others that were defending Robert Pattinson know his work over the last 10 years that he just delivers incredible stuff and I think you see that come through in the Batman and just the physicality he looks great, I love the kind of the, the rookie status that he has in terms of the suit, it's not well refined find and you get a look at Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon you get a look at Zoe Kravitz even just a little bit of her as Selena Kyle and you get to see all these different characters and it feels like that gritty 70s thrillers that you see in and Matt Reeves talked about it, how this is really going to show us the, the the detective side of what we know, where Batman has been labeled the world's greatest detective. This is going to show us why he is that and how he becomes that and how Batman makes mistakes. And you see that throughout the trailer. And it just looks it, it just looks really, really good. And I was so I don't know why I was so shocked by it, but it just it, it surpassed what I was expecting, I guess, for something that might have been a teaser trailer. And then there's one snippet where you really could see the hand to hand fight coordination. And it, it that blew my mind, the hand to fight coordination. It felt like I was watching John Wick the, the between when Batman was beating up on a kid or beating up on a man. And it just felt like he was a ninja and it was just it, it was incredible and just to kind of see the batmobile and it kind of being like a like a ford or a cadillac it looked, it looked cool like a more modern batmobile than we know from the, the the tanks that batman has had over the last few iterations with ben affleck and christian bale and to kind of get the, again this kind of mystery where it seems like the riddler is really the main main villain and we kind of see that with with the notes and the riddles it seems like he is going to be the main culprit of this movie, which makes sense given what Matt Reeves has been raving about with Paul Dano. So this was a great starting off point, great first impression. I think the Batman really elevated to my most anticipated movie, 2021. I mean, again, the reason I am so excited for this is because of Matt Reeves and, and this panel, not just the trailer, but the panel itself and hearing what Matt Reeves had to say. And again, knowing that 
I could listen to another 30 minutes of him talking, just knowing that he knows this material like the back of his hand gets me so excited because that's what I love about directors and having directors take over control of these properties is that knowing these characters, that's half the battle as a director is you really got to know these universes and know these characters and what they mean, their mentality. And especially for someone like Batman who has had so many different iterations, find another angle to go in. And it seems like Matt Reeves is really tapped into an angle that mixes in maybe a little bit of Burton, a little bit of Nolan, but is something really different and new. And I'm excited about that. And I cannot wait to see that. So Matt Reeves really has me pumped for this. The cast looks incredible. The production design looks great. And again, for something that's only 25 to 30% done, this looks in it looks great for 25 to 30%. And if they still have a lot more to shoot, I mean, oh man, we are in for something incredible when this comes out in October of next year. And again, it delivered a an incredible ending to DC fandom, which overall was a, a great day for DC and Warner Brothers in delivering this. And I think really outshined what San Diego Comic-Con did and delivered a virtual experience that was just incredible. Had an amazing panels that were very interactive and had a lot of fan questions and, and were cutting in and out of clips and fans and really kind of showing how, how much this means to people and showcasing comics and art and designs it it was just uh, amazing and i think it really kind of shows how grown out dc is and they really especially the movies have really i think evolved over the last few years where they really kind of stumbled a lot and i think warner brothers sees what dc can do they're under great leadership right now and i think they knew what they had for us and they really did deliver on an amazing day and i'll go more in depth on monday on the Sam Bissell podcast about what my favorite panels were overall and what your favorite panels were and really go more in depth overall in depth into what I really thought about the the DC fandom. But I just want to give my quick overall thoughts. And today was really just to talk about the panels themselves. And Monday we'll be talk, talking about the, the fandom as a whole. But I wanted to give my quick thoughts on the fandom to wrap this up. And guys, that's going to do it overall for this edition of the Sam Bissell podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to this special edition, the special DC fandom where we really, again, I really wanted to talk about this stuff, get it out to you guys as quick as possible because I love doing this stuff and I hope you guys love listening to this and I hope this this finds you guys and you guys can really enjoy it and check out all this amazing stuff. And again, we'll have a lot more to talk about on the next edition on Monday overall about it. Take a few days, decompress, watch all this new stuff, watch it over and over again, digest it, and then come back with fresh eyes on Monday and talk about it a little bit more in the overall DC fandom. But guys, if you want to check out the other DC panels, if you want to check out my other episodes of the Sampa Cell podcast, you can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out Goal Driven Professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Along the way, you can also check out these other shows on the Podcast Solutions, Wrestle Addict Radio, Fretzelmania Podcast, 
and midnight showing. You can check them out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also make sure to follow me on social media when you get a chance. You can find me at Basel Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And you can also find me on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today on the Sam Bissell Podcast. And until next time, keep on screaming.